In this episode of Social Media Secrets, I'm going to tell you exactly which platforms I would focus your energy on to grow your social media, to grow your business in 2022. You guys, I'm really excited about this. And part of the reason is because a lot of times people ask me, like, which platform should I be on for real estate? Which platform should I be on for spiritual coaching? Which platform should I be on for a beauty brand? Or like the list goes on and on. So I decided to answer it once and for all with this official podcast episode, all right? Now, before we dive on in, I'm going to give you guys some of the frameworks that I use to decide which platforms are going to be the most powerful for me. And you can use that framework to come to your own conclusions of which social media platforms are going to be the most powerful for you to be on. Now, here's an important foundation before we dive on in. The best platform for you to be on is the platform that you love. Now, I share this with a lot of emphasis for a major reason. The platforms that you love, you're going to spend time there. You're going to consume content there. You're going to be familiar with what the culture is. It's going to be fun for you to go back and check. You're going to be motivated to check your DMs, etc. There is something about this idea of like trying to make a platform work when you just don't like it that part of me is like, why, why is that even necessary? Like we don't need to be on social media platforms we don't enjoy. For example, I'll throw one platform under the bus, but I also will have a disclaimer that I use it sometimes. And that platform's Reddit. I don't wanna market my business on Reddit. Why? Because that's where the trolls live and it's kind of scary sometimes. That being said, whenever I need like how to's or home remedies or action steps or solutions for things, you better believe I saw this on a TikTok, but it's also very true for me. The first thing I do is I search for the keywords and then enter the word Reddit. I want to see the Reddit threads. I don't want to see the person who SEO'd the best article based on what benefits them. I want to see what is the best actual solutions for this. And I've actually learned a lot on Reddit. I've also accidentally tiptoed into the wrong sides of Reddit. And one night I was so scared and I actually, this is probably too much information, but oh well. I literally got on my, it was like my encounter with an alien Reddit and suddenly I started like reading all of it and it freaked me out so much and I was staying alone in a hotel on a trip and suddenly like I couldn't sleep. I was up until 4 a.m. because I was so scared that suddenly like aliens could read my mind. I don't even know if I believe in aliens, but it was wild. Okay, so the platform you're going to benefit from the most is the platform that you love being on. Now, that being said, when I choose which platforms any business is going to grow on, sometimes all platforms is not a viable option. Not everybody has a content team of 20. Not everybody is familiar with creating content with easy workflows or the right tools or things that save time. And so I wanted to create this framework to help identify more quickly which platforms are going to be the most beneficial. Okay, so the first thing that I like to look at is Is it leveraged? Meaning, can I create one piece of content and it's able to impact more people than just those who are there for the initial posting? So case in point, I applied that framework to Clubhouse and while some people love Clubhouse, it didn't feel very leveraged to me. So I deleted that app in about a week. The second question I asked myself, by the way, an example of a platform that is very leveraged is uh, actually TikTok. So is YouTube. Sometimes Instagram, but definitely TikTok and YouTube. 
LinkedIn as well. The next thing I look for is what is the shelf life of the content that I'm going to put on this social media platform? Because I don't know about you, but I know I'm really busy. I'm actually willing to bet you're probably more busy than I am, right? And when I create content, I want to make sure that it's going to serve a lot of people for a long time. Once again, this is why uh, Clubhouse did not pass the, the test for me here. And that's where I realized it was a distraction and just not aligned with my goals. So I need to know what is the shelf life of content on this particular platform. And I'll give some examples. Content lives on YouTube for years. TikTok has second wins after a couple months and even sometimes after a couple of years. The shelf life of a pin, last time I heard it was 10 months. So create one piece of content, it can live for 10 months and that's if it doesn't go mega viral. Uh, Instagram is a couple hours or max like 48 days. They were kind of changing it with reels but I noticed that they changed the algorithm and literally kind of removed many of the benefits of reels just like that. The shelf life of a tweet is six minutes. That's kind of freaky to think about, isn't it? Like maybe that shouldn't be where I focus all my attention. Um, that's why I don't focus on it there and I'll share how I use that in at the end of this. The shelf life of um, a Facebook post is usually less than 24 hours unless it goes viral. So I like to look at these things to really help me determine, is this going to be a social media platform that helps me to grow smarter and also brings benefit even beyond once I'm done creating and posting? So those are the big things that I look at, but the third final criteria, and then I'll give a couple more criteria as well as which platforms I'm really, really falling in love with, uh, are, is, <laughs> is it searchable? because search can comprise as much as 15 to 25% of our traffic on most social media platforms. Now, some platforms are not super searchable, so we can miss out on people who are literally looking for the answers that you've created content to help with, and they wouldn't be able to find it. So, for example, here are examples of platforms that are extremely searchable. YouTube, Pinterest, Sometimes TikTok, TikTok's getting more searchable. And those are the first few things that I really, really look at. Now, there are a few more things I want to share because these are just little weird nuances that I really like. If you have someone in your business who's willing to be, um, according to the book Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, it's called An Attractive Character. And I was actually thinking about this the other day, and that's kind of a misleading term sometimes, like, because then people think they have to be like attractive. You don't have to be attractive, right? You're magnetic. So the magnetic character, the personality at the front of the brand. So if you don't want to have that, a platform like Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, those are going to be probably better platforms. It's a little challenging to build without your face on YouTube and TikTok, but it is possible. It's just not the mainstream way of building. Another question I like to ask is, is it an extremely visual uh, business or thing that you want to promote? And if it's extremely visual and people need to be able to see it, you're going to probably do best with YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Those are where you're going to see the greatest benefit. Sometimes Facebook, but those are the platforms that I actually really recommend. Can you guys believe it? I just recommended Instagram. I have a feeling someday I'm going to come around to Instagram, but we'll see. <laughs> Never. Just kidding. Now, what I love too is recognizing the ease of being able to bring in other people to help. So for example, 
with YouTube, I can simply record the content and people can handle everything from there on out. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Multiple people can be logged into the same device. TikTok has not made it easy for us to share our logins or rather to share our drafts with teams or people to help. So the workaround to actually have a team supporting you with content can actually be a little bit annoying sometimes. So I wanted to share that because that is one of the major drawbacks of that platform is as you scale, it gets harder unless you follow the workarounds and the systems and processes that prep your team to be able to help you create content for them to publish and manage. And that is challenging. Facebook profiles are also very challenging to scale because no one really could, can or should log in. Now, a lot of times people say, but Rachel, I know tons of people who have VAs running their Facebook profile. Well, yeah, but that's also like literally a red flag. That's how you get your Facebook profile banned. I don't let anyone log into my Facebook profile because once it's gone, they've got all of my uh, biometrics and my photo and my name, and they can literally keep me from coming back to the platform ever because I... I breach their terms of services. Kind of wild, right? So I like to keep that in mind. Now, I will say there's one major workaround with Twitter, even though technically it doesn't fit the mold of all the things I look for in the best social media platforms. So there are a couple ways we use Twitter, and this might be really helpful for you. So every time that I have like a thought or I post something on my Facebook profile, I also share it on Twitter. So I probably have like one to 20 tweets in any given day. And I don't think too much of them. I don't really check the stats on them or anything. I do go back every so often and compile the top tweets from any given period and kind of analyze what worked, what were the topics, what were the patterns there that people really uh, clung to, like what is it that worked so well in that. However, every time that I consider abandoning Twitter specifically, according to my framework for how I choose the platforms I'm going to use, my SEO slash Google My Business slash, oh, she's just like, she's a, an SEO search engine genius. She tells me, Rachel, you know that Twitter is consistently in your top three uh, referrals from Google because of the, it's called an RSS feed. So essentially it's constantly updating in real time, giving it the feedback to Google that it's being updated like a website with tons of content on it. And so because of that, it's gonna rank really high and that's a good thing. You want your stuff to rank high, you don't want other people's stuff to rank high for you. And so every time I consider shutting it down, I'm like, oh yeah. But the second way that we use it is everything that I say in trainings or in a podcast that's worth repeating, I'll just tweet it real fast. And then we actually compile all of my tweets. So then that way we have tons of quotes. We have libraries and libraries of quotes that we can use later on. And I try not to reuse the same quotes too many times. Kind of cool, right? I hope you've enjoyed this episode, by the way. I just wanted to share this, but I just want to remind you, you do not have to be present everywhere. You do not have to be active on every single social media platform. You are going to do best by picking one, two, maybe three social media platforms and crushing it there instead of dividing your focus. Now, keep in mind in case you say, but that's not what Rachel's doing. Well, yeah, it's like literally my job. It's literally my job to know every social media platform that my clients would need to use. So I have to be on every single social media platform. But the good news is you don't have to be. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye for now.